Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Every Tuesday, I glance at the following Sunday's readings, so I have time to mull them over as I walk through life each day that week. Normally, I ask myself a couple of questions. Where is the grace in these readings? Where do I see God? And what do my people need to hear from these readings this Sunday? But sometimes, like today's readings, I find myself asking a different set of questions. What bothers me about these readings? What is the rock that sticks in my shoe? What about these readings makes me uncomfortable? And boy, did I have a lot to choose from this week. No one likes hearing about Sarah's hardness of heart or Abraham exiling his firstborn son, Ishmael, and his mother, Hagar, or that households will be divided because of Jesus, father against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. I would love to get up in this pulpit every week and preach sermons on grace and love and puppies and rainbows. I would love to never have to say anything hard or anything unpopular or anything challenging. But I would not be pastoring my people if I did so. Christianity is meant to be challenging. It's meant to be transformational. As C.S. Lewis once said, I didn't go to religion to make me happy. I always knew a bottle of pork would do that. If you want a religion to make you feel really comfortable, I certainly don't recommend Christianity. Our faith is not a nonstop ride of joy and happiness. Believing in God can be a challenge. Acting as a Christian in the world can be uncomfortable. And sometimes scripture can give us more questions than answers. In the Episcopal Church, our faith is based on what we call the three-legged stool. Scripture, tradition, and reason. This means that everything we believe as a church, our theology, everything written in the catechism and the back of our Book of Common Prayer, all of it is based on what the Bible says, what the tradition of the universal church has been since its founding, and our life experiences, logic, and gifts of the Holy Spirit. As such, when we arrive at a part of the Bible that we don't like, or that makes us cringe, or that hurts our heart, we cannot just throw it out. We as priests should not refuse to preach on it. We as Christians cannot just chalk it up to some cranky men who were just not as advanced scientifically or emotionally as we are today. The Bible This collection of books, we believe, is all divinely inspired. And boy, is it messy. It is a collection of stories about a perfect God with imperfect people. It is a collection of histories and poems and analogies and advice and prophecies and songs. It is a compilation we will never fully understand while here on earth. 
And while it is not all factual, it is definitely all true. In our first year of seminary, Jordan and I created a new routine where right before bedtime, we would read a few chapters of the Bible to each other. We read a few pages of the Old Testament, a psalm or two, and then a chapter or two from the New Testament. On our plan, we finished the whole Bible in exactly a year. So one cold night, we had huddled together to read our Old Testament section, and I remember seeing the section header and letting out a peal of laughter. We had arrived at a section called The Rape of Dina, and Jordan was set to read. Some of you may remember that Dina, the daughter of Leah and Jacob, was taken by force by a man named Shechem, who loved her and wanted her as his wife. Shechem's family meets with Dina's family, and they make a deal. Shechem can take Dina as his wife if all the men in Shechem city get circumcised. Okay, so far this is not the nicest story. But the really horrible part comes next. After all of the men are circumcised and are still in pain, Dina's brothers lead an attack on the city, kill all the men who are too hurt to fight, and pillage the city, taking all of the livestock, women, and children as plunder. As Jordan read the section, I heard the confusion creep into his voice. His reaction turned from one of curiosity to one of horror and then disgust. After Jordan finished reading, he finally turned to me and said, Huh, that is not a story I have heard in church before. And he was right. Even our lectionary tries to avoid some of these parts of scripture that are utterly repulsive or painful. But there is a reason they are included in the canon. We are not meant to bury our head in the sand and only read the stories from the Bible that we like. If we did so, we'd be missing the power of God's redemptive love. We cannot have the resurrection without first going through the crucifixion. We do not grow by keeping ourselves comfortable, and God wants us to grow into his people. So when we come to parts of scripture that are painful or shocking or horrifying, we shouldn't try to block it out of our mind. Instead, we should wrestle with it, just as Jacob wrestled with an angel of the Lord. All of these stories, poems, advice, revelations, all of them are scripture. All of them are divinely inspired, and we cannot pick and choose the people we would like to have come from, the rules or advice we would like to follow, or the God we would like to have. This is why we need a community with which to discuss our faith, and why we need to be able to openly and lovingly discuss competing thoughts. We are people of limited understanding. And we all have different gifts, which is why we as a community rest not on our own thoughts or feelings, but on the authority of scripture, tradition, and reason together. One of our greatest recent theologians, I think, was a young laywoman from Tennessee named Rachel Held Evans. Rachel struggled as an adult to follow her faith in God, away from the evangelical church and Bible college. 
and she found her way to the Episcopal Church. She wrote several books before her untimely death at age 37, and I had the distinct pleasure of meeting her in Chattanooga while I was in seminary. In her book, Inspired, Rachel explores the tougher parts of scripture, the parts that make us cringe. As she says, God save me from the day when stories of violence, rape, and ethnic cleansing inspire within me anything other than revulsion. I don't want to become a person who is unbothered by these texts. And if Jesus is who he says he is, then I don't think he wants me to either. But she also talks about the importance of engaging with the difficult parts of scripture and working toward an interpretation that has us view the world through the eyes of Jesus. The truth is, you can bend scripture to say just about anything you want want it to say. You can bend it until it breaks. For those who count the Bible as sacred, interpretation is not a matter of whether to pick and choose, but how to pick and choose. We're all selective. We all wrestle with how to interpret and apply the Bible to our lives. We all go to the text looking for something, and we all have a tendency to find it. So the question we have to ask ourselves is this. Are we reading with the prejudice of love, with Christ as our model? Or are we reading with the prejudices of judgment and power, self-interest and greed? Are we seeking to enslave or liberate? burden or set free. It's hard not to see the divisions being sown in this world, in our churches, in our families. But Christ gave us the two greatest commandments through which we should view every issue we encounter, especially how to interpret scripture. From Matthew, he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So go ahead. Be bothered by parts of scripture. Question the meaning, the intention, the context of the story or the writing. And struggle with parts of the Bible and parts of our tradition and with parts of the reason or experience of yourselves and others. Struggle with the parts of organized religion that make Christianity unbearable. But never forget the two greatest commandments. To love God and to love your neighbor. And aim to see scripture, tradition, and reason through the eyes of Christ. Amen.